Hi there, it's Jamie Blair from Arrow Movement Academy and welcome to the Arrow Movement Academy podcast. Want to upgrade your performance? Then join the movement. On this episode, we speak with Helen Collins, a lecturer and researcher from Dundee University. Helen talks about the health benefits of resistance training in the youth population. Hi, Helen. Welcome to the pod. Hello. Thanks very much for having me. So tell us a bit about your background, the sport you grew up playing, and what led you down this path of research. So as a youngster, my main sport was actually ice hockey. Um, I played it for years and years. um, And I guess in a way, because of the nature of the sport, that introduced me quite early to strength training in some capacity, although back in the day, it was a little bit um, less less like what we're, we're used to these days and a bit more bicep curls in the gym, but uh, it was something. And that was kind of like, I always had some kind of interest in, in the strength side of things. Um, but then I, because I was just generally sporty, I, I studied sports science at uni, very much down the physiologist role um, and um, worked as a physiologist. Initially, actually, it was a sports science officer was my first real job title, um, and that was at Dundee. And that was kind of a mixture of physiological sport for athletes, um, some lecturing, um, you know, just, just very much based on the physiology side of things. So I didn't do anything regarding SNC for quite a few years, uh, but it was very much based on the performance sport area and that's what I wanted to do my aim was to work with Olympic athletes and I you know I really wanted to to get involved in that kind of thing um and then I think through working as a physiologist I kind of started to see more S&C going on and seeing the coaches working and was kind of quite interested in that side of things and decided that that was something I would like to have um, a go at so I kind of went down that road, but still as a physiologist, but dabbling in a bit of SNC. And then the SNC kind of became a bit more of the focus because I became more interested um, in that. And um, so for quite a few years, I did um, SNC stuff with mostly youth groups, quite a lot of youth football, um, but also um, adult groups as well. And um, yeah, done, did this for quite a few years and I think it was just probably a coincidence at the time but I went to see a talk by Avery Fagenbaum in Edinburgh and he, he was telling us all about um, strength and youth but the benefits for inactive overweight children and the health side of, of it and he was so passionate and inspiring and I was kind of like wow this is really interesting and I was kind of like oh, okay I'm coming to a point in my career where I've done this for quite a long time now um, and I'd always wanted to do a PhD from early days but I was not really sure what and so many people had said don't just do a PhD for the sake of it make sure you do something you really are interested in otherwise it'll just be awful so oh, actually is this something that I could look at it's it's, it's really inspired me to think about this a bit more. It's not well researched, it's quite novel. You know, could this be a new thing? So I think it just happened to be a point in my career where I was looking for something new um, and this happened to come into my mind. And so I was like, right, 
let's go for it. Let's go on a, a different journey. Let's let's do this. Um, and so that's when I started my PhD and looking at um, obviously more of the health side of things. And at this point, I was still coaching in performance sport, but that's gradually now tailed off and I don't do anything in that area now. It's all, all the health side of things. So that's kind of just been evolved over time. Um, yeah, and I guess that's in a kind of long way that's taken a, a bit of a, a journey of what I've been to because yeah, it's been quite a few years, <laughs> um, and that's that's where I am today. So going back to the advice you received about doing your PhD, um, mm. people are essentially saying to you it's stressful; it has to be worth the stress, and I'm yeah. I'm taking that as as it absolutely. Is. And I would say, and I've spoken to a lot of people that have found doing a PhD PhD very stressful and difficult, and it isn't easy, don't get me wrong, um, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And because it's a part of my job, I suppose, because it's a part of what I do here and it's it's not something that I've just tagged on. It's kind of, it's molding my whole career. So I think that's really driven me. And I was, I feel for me, I was absolutely right to wait until later on in life because it's also given me the experience and the confidence to do it as opposed to I guess being being younger and, and more overwhelmed by doing a PhD I guess I've kind of developed skills to help me deal with it um and so yeah I I would I think it's a great thing to do I've learned an awful lot not just about the area but just um yeah that the whole process of doing a PhD has taught me a lot about myself and just given me a whole lot of confidence to do other things and and grow what we're doing so yeah it's been a brilliant experience Brilliant. what is it about resistance training and youth the youth population that inspires your curiosity um so i think for me um because it's it's a key part of the physical activity guidelines it's got position statements it's you know it's very much a this is a really important element of what kids sh should be doing but yet it's to me still quite undervalued it's there's a, so much focus on um getting kids moving but not on the strength side of things there's much less research in that area um and it's just not driven it's not been driven as much in, in my opinion and so i think it's a, a kind of area that really needs to be researched more it's it's huge benefits to kids um and there's a lot of research that that supports that and so you know for me it's something that can have a massive impact on on children's lives um, I think it's a really fundamental part of the physical activity guidelines not just a tagged on bit you know it's it's something that I think can make a massive difference so that's something that I think we can I get a lot of satisfaction from to, to really try and drive that that agenda. Has there been any individuals that have strongly influenced you during your time doing research? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'd mentioned um, Avery Fagenbaum, who I think that was the big turning point for me. So I have to say, yeah, he, he was a massive influence um, from just inspiring me to, to take on something new. Um, but also I would say my, my boss, um, Audrey Duncan, who employed me 18 years ago, um, has really helped guide my career and given me the flexibility to go well, actually, I really want to go in this direction. And, and there's not many jobs that give you that flexibility to be able to kind of form your own path. 
Um, so, you know, I started as a sports science officer and then I was a physiologist and now I'm a sport and exercise scientist. And to be able to be given that support to grow and, and be able to become what, what you want to do, I think I'm hugely grateful for that. And I wouldn't obviously still be here had I not received that kind of support and to be able to still be motivated to want to come to work every day and, and keep going. So, yeah, I think I owe an awful lot to, to Audrey for being a really good boss to me. So what are the health benefits of strength training within the youth population? Well, there are many. Um, and if you were to look at the position statements, so either the UKCA or the NSCA, that gives a lot of detail on um, all, the, all the benefits. But I think just to name, name a few, obviously, strengthening muscle and bone is a key one um, in kids. And, you know, you can actually get strength developments from as young as five years old, you know, and yet a lot of the time we still get people going, well, they shouldn't do strength training until they're 16. Um, and it's, you know, and I'll, I'll go into the, the myths in a minute, but um, so yeah, so obviously strength, strength is key. Um, maintaining a healthy weight status. So obviously has an impact on body composition um, and body fat. And, and because childhood obesity is a huge issue and um, strength training can definitely be used to have a positive impact on that. Um, developing motor skills, so so helping kids move better, which is obviously a health benefit as well as a, a sport benefit. Um, and then you've got psychological benefits, so helping with mood uh, and confidence is key. Um, so yeah, I think I think there's there's many many uh, benefits, and and they're all you know really important just for the general health of children um, and yeah possibly under under what would you say i don't think undervalued is the right word but they are not i don't think they're as, as well known as the benefits of aerobic activity for example in kids um, and so it's something that needs to be out there more and, and um, profiled more so you mentioned that you might, you're going to go into the myths uh, what are <laughs> the common myths associated with res resistance training in the youth population yeah um i think probably one of the most common ones I've heard is this kind of damage to growth plates um, and injuries, injury risk. And this is very much based on um, some research, as you, you might call it, back in the 70s, which looked at records from A&E departments um, and they associated injuries with resistance training, but there was no detail regarding what actually happened. So, you know, a lot of these incidents were kids in the garage messing about with a big weight dropped on their foot kind of thing. So nothing to do with appropriately supervised resistance training at all. And actually the, um, the, the risk of injuring yourself is, is, you know, very, very small and you're much more likely to get injured playing sport <laughs> as opposed to doing resistance training. So that's quite a, a very outdated myth and yet it, it still crops up all the time and we still have to explain well no actually the the re reduced injury risk is huge by actually taking part in a resistance training program um also oh my kid's going to get big muscles uh, is something that we sometimes get and, and obviously with children the chances of them um developing big muscles is is pretty slim um because they're not they don't get the testosterone to do that at a young age um 
and again that's that's something that might put put them off um, and also one thing that I've come across quite a lot is people saying why why would you get a, a child doing strength training they should be out playing it's just not fun um you know they, they, they should be doing that when they're older and definitely I think there's, this is probably a really big one from the parents point of view about assuming that strength training isn't fun um, because maybe the, that their experience of going into a gym is not fun. It's, you know, sometimes it's a chore or it's a necessary thing that you have to do. Um, but definitely from my experience, for the kids that don't do a lot of other activities, actually lifting weights for them is, is really good fun. Um, they get a lot out of it. And so therefore, I think it's kind of a bit small-minded of people just to go, oh, weights is, is not fun. Um, because yeah, I've found it, it definitely is for them. So I think that's a, a few, I'm sure, I'm sure there are, are more, um, but yeah, that's probably the key ones. Yeah, the last one you kind of mentioned there about weight training not being fun, it's not something that's came up a lot, but I imagine based on people's experiences, being in a gym, being uncomfortable, being at their comfort zone, that's not always a fun situation to be in. So again, they're thinking their children's going to go through that exact same process when they're entering the gym environment. Yeah. But of course, like environments, everything, right? It's like <laughs> the coach makes makes it fun and challenging. Like it's going to like, obviously thrive under a challenge and have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes all the difference. You're currently looking at resistance training and inactive and overweight children. So what is it you're specifically looking at with this research? Okay, so what we looked at for the, this is a part of my, my PhD, um, the key things that I looked at, so the key kind of benefits, and I've mentioned some of them when I've talked about the benefits. So we looked at weight status, um, fundamental movement skills, and the self, which was a kind of broad um, term to capture kind of everything related to self-confidence. And um, because these three things are all associated with physical activity levels, and what we were wanting to see is whether or not we could get children moving more and being more physically active through using resistance training. So it was kind of like a double hit. So we wanted to get them resistance training, which is obviously an activity in itself, but also based on that, can we actually encourage them to do other movements? So could we encourage them to take the sport or um, actually get outside and do more activity? So the theory would be if they had a healthier weight, they had better movement skills, they had an increase in confidence, then that would encourage them to then become more active in general. So that was the kind of overall model. Um, and so we targeted uh, inactive and overweight or obese children, so not sporty at all. Um, and we got them involved in the project, which was a 10 week resistance training program. Um, and they came in twice a week for 45 minute sessions and it was um, just your really basic strength exercises. So to start off with, I did I did two feasibility studies because I, I wanted to really make sure I was, I was doing it right. And having not done this before, um, I obviously wasn't sure how the kids would respond to it, uh, having only really worked with uh, sporty kids in the past. And so initially I was very much concerned about this fun aspect. And I was like, if it's not fun, they're not going to engage in it and I decided to do I didn't do the kind of lifting so much at the start I kind of we did more fun-based games and strength-based activity but it wasn't lifting and actually what happened was the I guess the 
the message about what we were trying to do about them actually coming in to get strong got lost. And the fact that they came in and it was fun and then they kind of started to mess about a bit more. And I was like, actually the focus isn't here because they're not lifting. And so I was like, okay, we'll just lift and see how they respond to that. So we did, um, you know, deadlifts, squats, um, overhead presses, things like that. And the change in the, um, the atmosphere um, of the session, I guess it just became, they, they became more focused on what they were doing and they actually gained the fun from the lifting itself. So I'd kind of wrongly thought the games would be the fun thing, but actually for these kids, they really got a buzz out of being able to do a deadlift um, or a squat. Um, and because I think the majority of them were overweight, it was easier for them to lift the weight off the floor than to do a body weight exercise, for example. So they got success, um, you know, quite quickly. And that really pushed them on um, to do that. So I think that's, I think it was a huge learning curve for me to go, actually, I really now understanding more about what, make these, what makes these kids tick. Um, and actually to do this really simple strength training program was, was all they needed. Um, and that was enough to motivate them to want to keep going um, because it was just lifting stuff is, is the, the key thing. That was what they wanted to do. Um, so yeah, so that was really um, beneficial. And from a, it was only a small study. So statistically, we actually, we found a significant uh, improvement in their movement skills, which was really, that was a really important finding because we didn't actually do any movement skills work. We just did strength. So, so you can't say, oh, well, of course they improved movement because they did movement as a part of the intervention. They, they didn't. So um, to be able to move better purely through getting stronger, um, I think is a key finding because that shows that we can do some really basic strength work to get kids moving better. And hopefully that will then encourage them to become more active because they can move better. And actually, anecdotally, one of the kids said, I can actually run easier now uh, because of doing this. And he was quite overweight. So I was like, great. So in PE, when he's usually struggles with running because he's overweight and he hates it, he was actually, I, I can run better. So, you know, that's to me is really what this whole thing was about. I was kind of like, right, he can now move much more easy, easily and therefore is more encouraged you know, to be confident enough to say, right, I can now take part in PE or I can do other activity. So the weight side of things didn't change, um, although I wasn't overly surprised because it was only 10 week um, duration, which probably wasn't enough. And also quite a few of them would come in and say, after this, I'm getting a treat for coming in. And I was kind of like, right, okay. So I think they possibly consumed more because they were coming in and so we didn't get the, the energy balance but I think looking forward you'd want to have some dietary input or, you know do something on that side of things to help with the, the weight status and confidence wise I think because I did a questionnaire that yeah I'm not so sure they understood it um, and because the comments they were making were in conflict with what I found from the questionnaire. So I didn't find anything. And actually I found some negative results of, you know, so for their perceived strength, so how strong they felt actually went down, although their strength went up and they told me they felt really strong and really good. So I was kind of like, mm, statistically, I'm not quite believing um, this. And they're just, you know, it doesn't add up, it doesn't add up to me. 
and I, I believe that they, they improve their confidence and they seem to believe that. So, um, so yeah, so I'm not going to take too much of that, but because it was a small study, I think if we were looking at bigger numbers, we'd probably see uh, an improvement in that. So uh, yeah, generally really positive. And the main thing for me is that this was in, we collected this data in December, 2018, and they all are still coming. Good. So, you know, after all that time, um, and I'm surprised that they're, they're still engaged in it, you know, because it's, it's, it's really nothing groundbreaking. It is really simple resistance training. And, you know, I would have thought that they would have, you know, got bored or gone on to do something else. You know, they've got, they've got older, they're going to have different interests, but actually they all still want to do it. And so that's a key thing for me. And obviously now we want to grow this into a programme and to get more kids coming in and, ex and make the research programme bigger, the research project. So looking at getting more numbers in, maybe getting a similar group, so possibly overweight and active children just to add to the data and see if we can get some some good findings and, and try and grow it. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've gone on for quite a bit there, but <laughs> hopefully that's um, given you a good a good idea of, of what the project was about and, and how it's um, had an, an impact on developing something in the real world um, from a program point of view. Now, you mentioned you got some positive results when measuring fundamental movement skills. Mm. Uh, how is it you measured that? So we used the CAMSA assessment, which is the Canadian Agility and Movement Skills Assessment, um, which combines, it's kind of like an obstacle course type thing. And you, they get a score, so it includes all different types of movements within it. And they get a score for how well they do a movement and also how quickly they complete it. So a lot of the movement skills um, assessments when we're looking at athletic development is very much to do with a, a product outcome. So we're, we're looking at how far they can throw, how fast they can run, how high they can jump, whereas this looks at how well they do those things as well. So from a physical activity point of view, that's really important because we need to know um, the, the quality of their movement will help them to be able to move better. Um, and hopefully that will have a knock on effect on their physical activity levels. A really useful assessment tool for sure so you're currently working with children that have been previously found it difficult to be in an environment where they're exercising so what can we do as coaches and educators to drive better training adherence with a resistance training program i've made quite good links with local schools just through my research um and it's it's, it's mostly i did it from a recruitment tool for my research project but what I found, it was very, um, schools were really encouraged by what we were doing and they wanted me to come into the school and deliver things. And, um, and you know, I had to, this was a much bigger picture. And then initially I did some kind of taster sessions with the kids to then um, to, to recruit for my study and to encourage them. Um, but also I did some parents evenings. So got the parents in to talk about the benefits and also you know, some practical demonstrations so that they had a better understanding of um, what it was we were doing. And actually, um, it's, I think what was interesting, obviously these parents that came in didn't have um, a negative perceptions about strength training, that, that otherwise they wouldn't have been there. But I think it was more of a not quite understanding what strength training was for kids. So um, I think that is a, a key thing. I, I, 
don't think sometimes people think it's negative. Um, they just don't know what it is. Um, and so I think you maybe think, we just don't know what strength training is or what it involves um, for kids. So I think actually educating people about what it actually does and what the benefits are um, are key to getting them in. Um, but then with actually keeping them engaged um, once they're in is fun, is obviously the key thing. If from a research project, it was different because they really had to attend because they were a part of a project. But obviously beyond that into the programme, um, they come because they want to be there, otherwise they wouldn't come. So that's positive from a, that they obviously enjoy it. I think that feeling of empowerment that you get from strength training and, and success. So because we make sure that they don't do activities that they really can't do. So for example, we don't do press ups with this group because they just cannot hold their body weight in that way. And it's just demoralizing. So um, making sure that they get success and there's no pressure on them. They, they're not doing it for a competitive goal. They're not doing it for, you know, to be picked for a team or anything like that. It's purely, they come because it's an activity. It's an activity in its own right that they, they want to come along and enjoy. And actually one of them made a comment last week that the reason that they come is the people in the group don't judge them um, because they are all a similar kind of kid. They're not sporty. Nobody's judging anybody. Um, and, it's, and it's the social aspect for them as well. So it's like-minded people in a group. Um, so yeah, so I think it is just trying to not make it too serious they're there because it's an activity that they see as as fun just like anybody any kid would do any activity after school for example um and so yeah i think that's key for for getting them to adhere to it are you seeing the uh, the young group that are in uh, encouraging one another yeah definitely definitely um what we have is we have a code of conduct which is on the wall and it basically we agreed as a group at the start right what things are we going to sign up to when we're coming in so it's things like res respecting the weight room um, not distracting each other when we're lifting uh, encouraging um each other when they do good lifts so so we have a pb bell as well um which is good because everybody when somebody gets a pb everybody stops and they ring the bell and they get a so that kind of stuff, I think, is is really important for just creating the environment, that positive environment for them. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> so what are the common mistakes coaches make when trying to deliver these types of programmes for young people? Um, I think, well, I mean, obviously, it's just it's just based on on my experience and the things that I've made mistakes on, I suppose. Um, and I think looking back, when I was um, coaching young athletes, um, possibly was really too much focus it focused on performance and not really looking at the bigger picture of actually this is having much many more benefits for these kids rather than just right we want to make them run faster, um, for example. So I think I would looking back. I would probably change the, the focus a little bit and realize, you know, these are kids. Um, and I know sometimes you get the pressure from um, the sports that you're working with because they want to develop athletes and, you know, they, you don't want to be wasting time because they're paying you to do a job. Um, but obviously they've got to be engaged in it. So you've got to also look at the, the bigger picture for them. And I think sometimes 
it can be a bit a little bit too serious as in because you are at that pressure to develop an athlete um and also i think because it's the nature of what what we've done in the past is it's been on kids that with kids involved in sport so i think trying to break down that it's it's for sport only um and actually this is a real benefit to much more than it's, it's a benefit to every kid um but i think if we could also get that message to the kids that are sporty to say you know it is it's much more than just about your sport you you're developing life skills um from being here and, and other things and so I, I don't know um what i don't know how coaches deliver their sessions and what kind of environments people work in and things and um i guess it's yeah interesting to see if, if people work with youth as opposed to adults how that changes things um from how things are delivered but yeah, I can only go on on my my experience of, of what I've done. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, interestingly, sometimes the kids that were involved in sport were sometimes less engaged because they wanted to be doing their sport. So the coming along to strength train was a, an added thing that they didn't really want to do sometimes because they'd rather be outside playing football or whatever. So actually, the kids that I've now got coming in are here because it, that is their activity. So therefore they're there because they want to be there. So I would definitely say on the whole, I get more engagement from these kids as I did um, the previous, on, on the, the kids involved in sport, but in saying that I've also developed as a coach. So I would probably have done different things to engage them more, um, you know, as, if, as, as I've got my experience um, to do that. Brilliant. Helen. <laughs> We're going to conclude the podcast there, but I just want to thank you very much for being involved with with today. It's been brilliant speaking to you. Thanks very much for inviting me. That was that was great to chat. Hi there, it's Jimmy Blair from Arrow Movement Academy. I just want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the Arrow Movement Academy podcast. Want to upgrade your performance? You know what to do.